All right, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Todd Schnick. This is in the Intrepid Author. I'm joined today by a guy who I've, I frankly have, he's been a part of my life now for about a year, and I've really looked forward to the chance to spend a few minutes with him. I reached out to him about six months ago to get him on this show, and he pretty much told me to kiss off because he said, look, I'm, I'm busy writing. I've got more important things to do, and, and uh, it's part of why I admire the guy. Uh, uh, so say hello to Sean Platt. He's an author, publisher, and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi there, Todd. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good to be uh, with you. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. Sean, uh, before we get into a conversation about writing and all that that implies, uh, take a, a quick few seconds and tell us a little bit about you and your background. Um, well, uh, I've been an entrepreneur really my whole life. I started writing about five years ago and um, took it seriously pretty much as soon as I did and um, figured if that was where I focused all my attention, um, I would turn it into something great. So five years later, um, I'm publishing a, a lot of stuff in a lot of different content areas, uh, all fiction for the most part, um, and having the time of my life. I love what I do. Publishing a lot of stuff, he says. How about a book a week? It's blowing my mind. I, I can't. Keep, I can't keep up. Uh, I'm about to overload the the uh, Amazon servers with all the downloads. Uh, Sean, uh, talk about your. I guess the best way to describe them is your, in essence, your two main publishing ventures. I guess it's Collective Inkwell and Realm and Sands. Yeah, that would be the the, the two main ones. I, I have a lot of stuff that's in uh, development for children. Um, and that author's name will be Guy Incognito. And that's just because I don't want to use my own name um, because I don't want children to be reading my grown-up <laughs> stuff. So I don't want to, I don't want there to be any confusion. So um, I won't put my name anywhere on that book or link to it in Amazon to my other stuff. So it'll just be its own thing. Um, and starting in August, there will be, there will be steady content there as well. <laughs> um, Roman Sands is the, the imprint with Johnny B. Truant, and Collective Inkwell is the imprint with David Wright. And Collective Inkwell is, we, we specialize in serialized fiction. Uh, we do weekly releases more often than not. Uh, and same with weekly releases at Roman Sands, but we, we genre hop all over the place there. Um, our first big project was called Unicorn Western. Um, which is as stupid as it sounds, but probably <laughs> awesomer than you <laughs> might imagine. Um, we we just did straight up sci-fi with the Beam a couple weeks ago, which we're both really proud of. Um, we've got a couple of uh, quote unquote sitcoms out there that are just short, little, easy to read, fun um, about you know about the length of a sitcom uh, that are designed to make you laugh, and a couple over. Um, a couple other series that we're trying, uh, all crazy and stupid sounding, but all awesome in their own way. Um, called uh, one called Robot Proletariat, one called Chupacabra Outlaw, and then one called uh, Namaste, which is about a, a vengeful monk, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> awesome too. Well, yeah, it's going to be impossible to link up to all this in the show notes because if you go to Sean's author profile Amazon the thing goes on for about a dozen pages with just all this content that he just quickly ran through uh, seriously if you want to check out his work the best thing to do is to google him on Amazon but Sean talk about look I, the goal here with this 
conversation isn't to talk about how the publishing world has changed. That conversation has been had uh, over and over again. Uh, but there are a lot of people. There's, there's, no, there's no secret that the modern world, with with the ease with which people can can now publish content online, whether it's through a blog or through press books or you know via Amazon and as a self-publisher. I mean, the, we, we don't even need to go into the depths of, of all the different ways you can publish. The fact is it's easy to do it now. And there's a lot of people who, who want to. They want to tell people they're writers, but they really struggle with how to kind of get over that edge and start. And I guess what the question I want to ask you, and I want to ask it to you from, from two points of view, you're clearly a full-time writer. Uh, because the amount of content you put out there is is just enormous. Uh, so I would love to understand how Sean Platt accomplishes all that writing. What's the process by which you achieve that amount you have to sustain to, to continue your pace? But talk to the guy who's working the 9-to-5 gig who wants to be a writer. How does he fit in time on his day to, 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 get, to get words on paper? Um, well, I think the most important thing in anything is consistency. Um, I mean, if if you have a guy who, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is my full time job. There's no way I could do it without that. Um, but I also um, made it my full time job a long, long, long time before I could afford to. You know, it was basically I thought about taking a loan out. I mean, I lived on credit um, to pay my bills so that I could publish full time. Um, and I did that for more than a year before it paid anything. So it's it's part of it is kind of believing in yourself and believing in the dream and having the work ethic to follow it through. But part of it also is just kind of um, when you're in there, making sure that you're you're making the right decisions and doing the right things with your time. So consistency is the most important thing you can do. Um, a lot of people, writers, just everyday people, you know, they sit down and think, well, I, I can't write a 50,000 word book. That's, that's ridiculous. But if you write 500 words a day, like in a hundred days, you know, a little over three months, you've got a rough draft of that book. And it's just a matter of sitting down and getting the words done. You know, nobody, if you have a full time, if you have a person who can uh, spend a lot of time at the gym, of course they're going to be cut. They're going to have a great body. They, they put time and attention into it. But that doesn't mean a guy who needs to lose 100 pounds isn't going to lose 100 pounds if he loses one a week for a year or two a week for a year. Yeah, no, it is the consistent application of it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, even 200 words a day is better than not doing it at all. And, and you know, I blog, Sean, and virtually every day. And so for me to bang out three to 500 words a day is really, really simple. But I've been doing it for a long time, and it's easy for me. Uh, but it's not so much for the person who's yeah. not in that routine and that habit. And so uh, it really is uh, – there's a million guys who say, well, I get up at 4 a.m. and I don't stop until I achieve a certain amount of words written. It doesn't really, doesn't really even require that. Uh, um, we've interviewed a guy on this show. His name is Stephen Hunter. He's published a bunch of New York Times bestselling suspense movies. He's won the Pulitzer Prize. He's had some of his books turned into films. And he says, uh, yeah, it's, it's some fat guy that goes up to the guest room and types for a couple hours every night. That's how, that's, that, that's, that's how it gets done, you know. And, and speak to the, to the uh, I think we can blame Hollywood and TV for this, 
this aura that writing has and, and the sex appeal of, of being a writer, but it, it really isn't that glamorous, is it? I mean, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's a lot of work. And, oh, and, no, and, it's, it's work. I mean, it, 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 don't get me wrong. I honestly, I, I think I'm the luckiest. I mean, I'm so lucky. I wake up every day and I get to make stuff up. That's my job. I make stuff up and I, I, I don't lose sight of how wonderful that is. But it's hard. I mean, I'm always wrestling with a blank page, and that's that's my ultimate foe. Every day, I wake up and like spit in its eye because it's there to kick my butt if I let it. So, um, no, I mean, I'm not pouring concrete. I'm not flipping burgers. I'm not digging ditches. There's a lot of um, far more strenuous ways I could spend my time, but. Um, but I do love what I do, and I'm lucky to do it. Yeah, well, and that leads to another discussion that I always like to ask creators, not just writers, but all types of creators, because I, I believe, and I want to get your opinion on this, that I think everyone is a creative. Now, they may write music, they may sculpt, they may paint, uh, some some write. Uh, uh, and, I, and I like to say, hey, if you are in business and you spend your days problem solving on behalf of your clients, well, that's creative work too. Do you, do you feel that everyone is a creative or are there just some people that just don't have that? No, I thoroughly believe everybody's creative. Um, it's a matter of, you know, tapping the right vein and figuring out where you're creative. Um, I mean, I didn't write until I was 30 because why? I'm not creative. Like that was what I always told myself. And I thought the other people in my family were creative, but I've always been very creative in business. And I was creative with language. I just never put pen to paper. And so, um, once I started, you know, channeling what I realized was creativity verbally into the written form, you know, writing was natural. I think, um, I think if you're good at math and you think, well, I'm not very good at making stuff up, I, I'm sure, I mean, you could be very creative mathematically. My son is creative mathematically. I think it's a matter of um, just tapping into the right place inside you. Well, taking that to the next le level, how important is it to be a to write every day? Now, I'm not talking about you having to publish a novel or a serial, but is there benefit to the soul to be writing, even if it's to yourself in a journal? Um, I absolutely think so. And, um, you know, last year... We put out a, a lot of words, a couple million words last year, and wow. um, so there's, you know, there's <laughs> that. That's just you're. I'm always writing. I wrote so much that on the last two weeks of the year, where I I didn't do much, my wife pretty much told me, you know, yanked me by the hair and said, "You're going to like stop for a couple weeks. It's the end of the year," and my fingers would twitch all day because <laughs> they were so used to moving. And um, they weren't getting that, that motion, and so they would just involuntarily flex all day, and it was very uncomfortable. And then when I went back to start writing that first week of January, it was so difficult. It was so pained. It was so hard. Um, every word was, was just difficult, and I, I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to be anywhere other than the desk. And I, what I would normally do, you know, two, 3,000 words easily, in that time, I would get a few hundred words out, and they weren't very good. And so um, I just hated that. And what I find is the more I write, the easier it is. And so now I'm actually on currently on my longest stretch ever of about 50 days. I'm coming up on 50 days 
um, of having written every single day. And the difference between this year and last year is that I'm doing that so much more because I don't just write. I, um, a lot of what I do is outlining and beating stories out for other writers that I work with. Um, writing rough drafts um, is part of that, but also you know, editing the work, polishing the work, a lot of post-production stuff. So there would go long stretches when, um, when I wasn't writing at all. I, I would maybe not write for a week, and now I'm constant about it. I, I, I write every day, even on Sunday, even if it's just for an hour. Um, that's the minimum ever. Um, is my rule, but actually it hasn't been less than 90 minutes even once in that time, this last big stretch. And that's, that's a record for me. I've never gone this long with writing, and I have no plans to stop. Like I want to see, because it's just now I sit down and it's just a really well-exercised muscle. Like I'm, I'm hitting higher word counts in better, better work in less time right now. But it is a muscle. I mean, it, it, it is something that you have to do. I mean, you can learn to ride a bike and then you can go 20 years and still learn. How. I don't think it's the same with writing. I think that is something that it's, it goes back to the, what you said at the top of the show. The consistency is so critical in this. And it's the discipline. I think a good writer isn't necessarily a good storyteller. It's someone who's got, who can exercise discipline. I mean, it, it's, almost, it's, it's almost that important, right? It, absolutely. I know that... Um... You know, a good example is is David Wright, my my um, my partner at the Inkwell, is a is a very gifted storyteller. Um, I think his instincts are exceptional. I, I love writing stories with him, and we've written a lot. I mean, most of my word count um, thus before Johnny w- was with Dave, and um, uh, you know, he I think twenty years maybe um, he thought about writing his first book and kind of kicked around his first book and wrote a chapter here, chapter there of many different books. But it wasn't until working together that, that we did something, that, that something came out. And that's, it's, it's exactly that. It's just the discipline of starting something and seeing it all the way through to the end. And I think for a lot of creatives, um, it, they get wrapped up in trying to make something perfect or fit some kind of ideal that's in their head. And, you know, perfection is the enemy of done. Like, you, you, sometimes it's good just to get done and move on to the next thing. And if you can get 90% to where something needs to be, um, but then you can get another something to 91%, you know, 92%, just a, a, a nudge further about a whole different project, that's so much better in my opinion. And I know a lot of creatives would totally disagree. They want each thing to be the very best that it can be. And while I totally understand that, for me, that's not what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build something bigger because I think for most people, you know, most true fans of an artist, they'd rather have more of that artist's work. Um, and, and the difference between 92% and 95% isn't enough for them to not, they would surrender that extra few percent for more of that artist's work. And I, I have that drive. Like I want to create that much work. So it's, it's worth it to me. Can the modern writer, let me set the context. This is someone who wants to be read and have his work uh, out in the world and people striving to, uh, to find it and consume it. Can the modern writer succeed today if they're not entrepreneurial? That's a really great question. Um, yes, of, of course. Um, on average, I think it really dents their armor. Um, I think it's, I think it's never been easier for the right writer, um, to, to make a great living, but, uh, 
but the rules have changed and and it's not that they're they're better it's just that they're totally different now there are some writers where a traditional publishing is still that kind of deal is still the very best fit for them because they don't want to worry about stuff like cover design and editing and positioning and and marketing the book and product descriptions and management and all of that stuff. They don't want to look in a dashboard. They don't want to build a website or run an email list. And that's the kind of stuff a traditional publisher still does and is going to get better and better at doing, I think. I'm not one of those people who thinks that, you know, oh, traditional publishing is dead or whatever. Not at all. It's changing. It's shifting. Um, It's becoming something different and better, hopefully, than it was before. And um, I think that for a lot of people you know, writing the book is very different from selling the book. And I mean, it is different. The art of, of writing and selling are two different arts. Um, I, I'm fortunate because I happen to love both arts. So I treat them equally. Um, I, I thread them together so that I have the best possible outcome. So I do believe that an entrepreneurial spirit absolutely helps a writer. Um, I think it's essential to a self-published indie author um, I think it could benefit any author, but I think that, that no, some, some writers aren't designed for it. Having said all that, I think it's the, the, the writer who understands at least the basic principles of marketing and can apply them to what they're doing will make more money than the average writer who may be better at their craft but not as good at understanding marketing. And that's not just for traditionally versus indie. I think that's true for all writers because understanding marketing helps you understand how to relate to your readers anyway because it's basic human behavior. And I think that that, I don't know, I think it's a, it's a lesson for all writers and any entrepreneur can greatly benefit from that. Well, I love how you describe the marketing of the book as an art form too. And that's what I was saying earlier that everyone I believe is a creative because even if you're doing that work, uh, that there is art to that. There is science to that. And, and I think it's okay to feel that way. And, that, and, that, and you know, I'm, I'm more of the, I mean, I'm a writer, but I, and I certainly by no stretch do I put out the kind of level of content that, that you guys do. But, but I fancy myself, I, I like the art of marketing better than the art of writing. And, and that's the, and that's the chasm I'm trying to, I'm trying to work through. You know, we, you talked about the two imprints um, that, that you basically run under, uh, Realm and Sands and Collective Inkwell, you know, and not a day passes, Sean, that I, and I'm not paying attention to the space like you are, and so I'm more attuned to this than maybe the average bloke on the street. But not a day passes where I don't see someone announcing a new publishing venture, a new publishing shop. Uh, I I wonder if if someday, and this perhaps speaks to this entrepreneurial thing we were just talking about, but are there going to be as many publishing houses <laughs> as writers? Oh yeah, I think if in a way it's like um, a lot of a lot of writers will be like uh, bands. You know, you have a band name. A publishing imprint is just a band name, really. Um, uh, that's know, a great way to look at it. This is this is what we publish. This is what we do. Um, and and the, I think and the albums and the songs are your books, right? Exactly. And I think that's a really kind of a cool parallel. And I think that. Uh, that's really something to keep in mind as, as you go forward, because I think that, you know, if you poll, there was just a poll out a couple of days ago about what readers are looking for. And I think that um, the poll said something like 80% um, don't care who publishes a book. You know, there's this huge perception 
that it really, really, really matters to the average reader. And to the average reader, it just doesn't. What does matter um, is quality. If you put something out and it's not great, then you're going to get bad reviews and you have very little chance of selling anything else. Um, it, it's, it's that relationship with the reader. And, and if you defile it you know, out of the gate by giving them something crappy, then you deserve to fail. And that's going to matter more. And, and now that I think more publishing imprints is a good thing because they won't, like when it's the big six, who cares? Who cares if it's Penguin or Random House or Simon Schuster? Who cares? Like that doesn't matter to the average reader. Like I love books and that doesn't matter to me. Like I, it, it matters to me who's writing it. Well, now if a writer puts a label on something, that, that personalizes it where before it was almost like the publishing house depersonalized it, now it's flipped on its, its ear. So maybe, you know, I know that, that we have a lot of readers, the, the words Collective Inkwell or Realm and Sands mean something to them. They mean something specific to them. And it's almost like a, a, a brand, a seal of quality. Are, are people taking full advantage of what Amazon has to offer? I mean, someone could sit down and write out a story, even a short story, and they can slap it up on Word, although I would not advise that. And they could go create an account with, with Amazon, and within minutes they can upload this writing and slap up a, a JPEG of a book cover, and they're a published author. I mean, it, it, do you see that as a good thing, or is that cluttering the space with too much, as you said, crap? Um, in general, it's cluttering the space, but I think that's temporary. Um, I think the cream will always rise to the top. Mm -hmm. I think that Amazon's algorithms are getting better all the time. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've already worked very well at, um, you know, getting a lot of spam from the space. Um, all of that will die out because the truth is it's really hard to make, um, make a full living on Amazon's or, you know, just as an independent publisher, it's, it's very difficult. It's not easy to game. Um, I don't know anyone doing it successfully. So I think that, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's a little overcrowded now, but you're going to see people get more and more serious about it. Um, and the crap will slough off and the cream will rise. And, um, and I think that it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, because the truth is, yeah, you, you, can all, you can do that. You could convert it from Word and, you know, put it up with a JPEG, but you'll sell three copies. So um, you're not going to go do that again. And even if you do do it again, you're not going to do it again and again. So there's a lot of early adopters right now. There's a lot of people, you know, because people have said, oh, there's gold in their um, hills, you know, but, but Kindle isn't like that. Indie publishing isn't like that. It's a, it's a very long-term game. And um, algorithm, Amazon's algorithms are changing faster and they're they're smarter than the people who are trying to figure them out right so you know they're always going to be a step ahead yeah well sean we're running relatively low on time i don't want to keep you too much longer i know you got uh, probably more writing to do i don't want to break your 90 minute streak here the uh <laughs> i'd love for you to share a couple of resources that that sean platt would recommend to some guy who walks up and says yeah i want to get into this thing what are some good books to read uh, i know you've uh, you've published a book called Writing Online, but what are some other resources that you'd recommend to people if they just want to kind of begin to get a sense of whether they have it in them or not? Um, I wouldn't recommend. Um, I wouldn't recommend my book at all. It's <laughs> it's it's more for like freelance work and things like that, um, which you know 
isn't at all what I do now, <laughs> wouldn't recommend. I think if you can tell a story, um, you should tell a story for yourself and treat yourself as your most important client. Um, and while that is the message of that book, it's not really relevant to the end game, which is getting stuff on Amazon. For that, I would, I would recommend anything Joanna Penn um, has ever written, pretty much. She has a book right now out on Amazon, and I'm such a jerk. I don't know the name of it, but it's it's Joanna Penn, and it's got the the word marketing in it, and it's it's for authors, so it's real clear if you do a search on Amazon. Um, and both David Gogren's books, um, Let's Get Digital and Let's Get Visible, are excellent, excellent reads. That that you know they're not as rambly as me, so you'll get a lot of information very quickly. Well, what about the Stephen King books and the Anne Lamont books, Bird by Bird? Are those everybody always says those are the quintessential texts on becoming a writer? Do you agree or or? Does um, I think I think King's on writing is fantastic. I love it to pieces. Um, I've read it several times. Um, I'm going to read it again. Um, it has made a difference in my life as a writer. Uh, Bird by Bird. I know I'm a heretic for saying this, but that was given to me as a gift, and I read it and I didn't like it. Um, there were some things I liked about it, but the whole premise that writing is this like torturous thing um, that's just labor and bleh, like I, I just I really divorced myself from that um, that thought altogether, and I feel like it's a it's a mindset thing, it's an approach thing, and if you think about writing as this like beast that must be conquered, um, you know. Uh, I mean, I know I say I wake up and I have to spit in its eye each day and all that, but it's it's more because I have a playful relationship with my work. But I don't think of it as a burden, and I think by thinking of your of it as this huge burden that you have to tackle, it kind of takes the fun and the rhythm away. And so that's what I got from that book. And I read that book. Um, I've only been writing for five years, and I read that book five years ago, right when I first started. And the joy of writing was so fresh and pure and just I felt undaunted and I just couldn't connect with Anne. I thought, you know what? You're kind of like whiny. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not that hard. Like sit down and tell a story. And if you're not in the mood, then don't. But don't just like take out the razor and start making swipes. Like I, I just I'm a different writer than that. And for me, it is, a, it is a joyful experience. And sometimes it's hard because it is work and I'm tired when I'm done. But if I didn't want to do it, I'd be doing something else. I, I'm not one of those writers who feel like this is what I was born to do and I'm tortured while doing it. Um, I really just like, um, you know, I, I, I love the craft. And if I didn't, I would find another way to make a living. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that take on the book. Uh, uh, I'm not familiar with Joanna Penn. I'll look into that. And uh, uh, we are trying to get David on the show. So I uh, appreciate you referencing. Those are those are two great books uh, if you're trying to get into this and better understand uh, what this is all about. Well, Sean, hey, look, I uh, uh, appreciate you carving out and giving us a few minutes. Uh, I know you got a lot to do and a lot of content to get uh, produced. Uh, before we let you go, how can, once again, people get in touch with you and learn about all your books and the imprints? Um, you can go to um, 
I, I have the world's worst website right now. I need to fix that. I won't even give that address. <laughs> Just go to Amazon and look me up. I'm there. I got rows of stuff. All right. Sean Platt, uh, author, publisher, and entrepreneur. My friend, it was great to finally connect. Uh, appreciate you giving us some time. Sure thing, Todd. All have right. a great day. Uh, you too. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of our guest, Sean Platt, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Intrepid Author.